You got the call. Welcome to the Big Leagues, kid. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the call-up presented by Triple Play Fantasy. This is the first official episode of the 2023 baseball season for minor league baseball talk here on the call-up. All offseason, we've been giving you guys tons of content to get you ready for the season, but we are officially have minor league games going on, and we have players we can finally talk about and what they've been doing. Before we get to that, got to introduce the co-hosts of this show, Michael Richards and Vinny, a.k.a. Down on the Farm. Mike, how's it going? Back in the saddle, ready to bring some players into the fold tonight. Yeah, it's great to be back here with you guys. I've actually been kind of looking forward to this for about five or six months. You know, this is my favorite time of the year to kind of dig into these players, talk with you guys, get feedback from people, you know, love the show. So happy to be here, happy to get started again. We'll be here for you every week, you know, rain or shine. So how's it going, Vinny? I'm doing good, you know. Minor league baseball is back. Finally, do my daily jump around, uh, you know, the Carolina League, the California League. Watch as much MILB as possible, and we're already starting to see a few guys start to have little breakouts here early. So it's time to get time to get back on the saddle. All right. Well, enough teasing. A new season does mean new graphics. So again, every single week we'll be bringing you players that are. Talked about for the call-up, players were watching. A lot of similar segments as last season. Of course, starting with our players of the week. And we've given you four hitters that we feel like deserve this award. Two for each of the guys here. Vinny, your guy first. Zach Neto, who before the show started, you proclaimed will be shortstop for the Los Angeles Angels before the season is done. Right now in A, only 18 plate appearances, but he's hitting 500. He's got a home run. The walk rate at 16.7%, not too shabby. Uh, but this is probably the Angel shortstop of the future, and he is already putting on a show. Yeah, if you're a frequent watcher of the show, uh, you can go back to the draft episode. He was my favorite, you know, first-round pick of last year's draft. Uh, Neto, he just checks all the boxes. He's good at hitting for contact power. You know, he's going to steal some bags. He's very good defensively. I still think he does not get enough credit on how good he is defensively. But yeah, right now he's, you know, we kick off the season. He literally has not, you know, lost a step since ending last year. He's back and even better, I would say. Like the ball, how it's jumping off of his bat right now is really like mind boggling. Like you can tell he's worked on a lot over the off season. He's improved massively. I, I wouldn't be surprised. If he's in AAA in a few weeks, maybe by May 1st, I wouldn't be surprised if he's their starting shortstop by like the end of June. Like we've seen the track record with the Angels being very, very aggressive with their prospects and promoting them. I, mm-hmm. I think we're we're on the edge of Neto taking over in LA. And we've seen like you were talking about prospects being promoted aggressively. Logan Ohapi, 
has been uh, has been crushing it up at the big league level already. Four home runs this season, and the Angels have a Hotani, and they have Trout, and they have uh, Reed Detmers, who's looked good this year. They want to compete. They want to make the playoffs. I think that's a big goal for theirs this year, and they want to get the best players in there. So if Zach Neto's push, uh, forcing the issue there. Uh, I, I think, like you're right, Vinny, just the combination of being aggressive with prospect promotion and just wanting to get the best players in the lineup uh, sounds like somebody that could be making an impact this season at the big league level. Now, Mike, you have some Mets flavor going on tonight because both your guys are in the New York Mets system. One, very, very well known to many. The other one is should be well known because he, he is a star. But we'll get first to the one everybody knows, Brett Beatty. Third baseman in the New York Mets system, almost made the big league club and arguably should have made the big league club, especially with how bad Eduardo Escobar has been playing. But instead of just sulking in AAA, he has been crushing it in 33 plate appearances, has a 400 batting average, already has three bombs, but actually just hit his fourth as we were getting ready to record uh, and still has an 18.2% walk rate and 197 WRC plus Brett Beatty be that guy. Yeah, you made a great point right there that a lot of players, when they get sent down, when they had the expectation of making the team, can kind of sulk or struggle, and it takes them a while to get back. But he's doing everything you want to see. He's showing the Mets that he's too good for the minor leagues. And if we were going to do a section for who's next for the call-up this week, I think this would be the guy that I would be considering. I think he's right on the verge. Like you said, they don't have a lot of great talent at, at third base specifically. And I also think he could DH. The thing with Beatty that's always kind of been the issue with him, he's always put up really good exit velocities, but he's hit the ball on the ground too much. But he's had little stretches where he's shown the ability to lift the ball. And he's he's a legitimate slugger, like a double-plus power type of guy. And he's got a pretty good hit tool too. So if he can just get that, get that lift going on the ball more often, I, I definitely see him becoming a 30-home run type guy down the road. Uh, this is a guy, it's always tough to say how prospects are going to play when they first come up. But, you know, if if you have a hole at third base and you can make a speculative ad right now, like cheaply in fab, or, you know, even when he comes up and you want to pay up a little bit, this is the kind of guy that I think could do it. I mean, he could be productive out the gate. He could also struggle too, but I, I really like this guy. I've always liked him more than Mark Vientos and he's always been young for his levels too but productive throughout it, the only it's kind of like Tristan Casas in a way mm -hmm. he has power. We've seen flashes of it. He just needs to get the professional coaching to get him in the right path. And you're looking at a legitimate slugger at third base. Who's probably going to be one of the top 10 third basemen down the line. I could see it. And again, there's the path there uh, right now. The Mets could use his offense question for both of you guys. Do you know what Eduardo Escobar's batting average is through 39 plate appearances? I don't know. I don't have him on any of my teams. I haven't been paying attention to him. Yeah. Or do you have a guess? Neither do I. Oh, 63. Uh, that'd be pretty bad. It was one Oh three, but it's still awful. And he's basically playing at Escobar switching between third base left field. That's what Brett Beatty would be playing. I don't know how much longer they're going to do this experiment because every New York Mets headline is, you know, Pete Alonso shining Eduardo Escobar failing uh, how long are we going to stick with Eduardo Escobar? The Mets have expectations. And I, I think, like you said, Mike, could be just a matter of by next episode. I, I wouldn't be shocked that Brett Beatty's up. So um, he's definitely doing big things. And I'm sure we'll see it at the big league level very soon. 
Our next player here, uh, Vinny has on here is Brian Rocio, for shortstop for the Cleveland Guardians. And he's actually playing in AAA right now. 45 plate appearances, and he's got five extra base hits and three stolen bases, and only striking out 13.3% of the time here. There is a problem, though, just in terms of the roadblock that Ahmed Rosario um, and Andres Jimenez play kind of in that middle infield role for the Guardians here. Vinny, do you see an injury being the biggest chance that he would get a chance to play at the big league level, or do you think his talent is just so good that he would win out no matter what? I think for Rokio, we're going to have to wait for a uh, probably an injury. Um, this season, he's off to a absolute uh, hot start, a tear, because last year he was he kind of fell off of the prospect spectrum. Last year, he was a very hot name going into the year, but had a hard time at Double A. And when he did make the jump to Triple A, he didn't he didn't uh, he didn't do good. Like he didn't transfer over well. But, yeah, to start the season, he's absolutely killing the ball. He's hitting for more power than I I could even remember him having. Like, he already has, I think, five doubles in his plate appearances. Like, you can just tell he is completely locked in in AAA, and he's playing for a spot. If we're talking defensively, where does he fit in? Um, he's probably not going to be a shortstop for Cleveland, even knowing he is a shortstop. He'll probably slide in at second base if they ever do call him up or need him. But the bat is very good, and it's looking uh, better than it ever has. Like He's one of those guys right now that I think, uh, if we're talking dynasty-wise, I would go and make a move for just mm-hmm. because they're probably going to let him marinate down there in AAA for a while until either you know an injury or something happens that he can come up. But I could definitely see him being moved at the trade deadline. Like he could headline a trade by himself with these numbers that he has right now. Plus, I still think there's a lot to tap into there. There's still more power. There's still more everything. He's a speedster too. Like he could potentially, you know, ceiling be a 2020 guy. Plus, he's a switch hitter. Like he has so many little. He's almost like a little uh, Swiss Army knife. Like he has so many mm. little niches and tools that once they start all clicking, he's he's going to be a hot commodity. Yeah, I was real quick. I was going to mention, uh, Vinny said the 2020, I, I really like this kid. He's got a great hit tool and speed, like you said. And and if he gets into power, I think his upside is an Andres Jimenez type of player. Hmm. So do you think that the Guardians could move one of their big leaguers at the trade deadline to bring him up? I think I heard Vinny maybe allude to either he getting dealt or someone else getting dealt. Um, you know, if they need uh, another pitcher, obviously Tristan McKenzie's hurt right now, but, um, Sounds like, I mean, one way or another, he could play for a big league club if that was the case. So, interesting name to keep an eye on. As well as this next player, who I will give credit to my buddy Chris Helwig, who is a big New York Mets fan, a former co-worker of mine. I didn't even know who Ronnie Mauricio was, but beginning of the school year, he said, I got to tell you, Mendelssohn, he is like this kid, Ronnie Mauricio. He needs to get more more buzz. He, I might even put him uh, as the number one in our system. He is really good. So I've, I've learned a little bit about him since then, and, and he is just a flat-out star right now in AAA for New York Mets. 46 plate appearances in, four home runs, and 12 RBIs already, striking out under 20% of the time, a 390 ISO. Uh, Mike, again, double-dipping with the Mets here, but Ronnie Mauricio looks like he could be a flat-out star. 
Yeah, I've always liked Mauricio to a degree. I mean, this is a guy who's been around for a while. He debuted in 2018. He's always been young for the level. He was a really high-profile international signing. And I, I, I will throw a little bit of cold water on what you're saying about mm-hmm. his star potential. There's, there's still some concerns about his approach. He hasn't ever gotten over a 10% walk rate or anything like that. He does strike out a little bit. But he did hit 26 home runs with 20 steals as a 21-year-old in AA last year. So there's definitely some fantasy juice in his game. And it's very promising that he's off to this hot start because this is his first time in AAA. He's still only 22 years old. And I think, you know, he's got double plus raw power. So it's really going to come down to like, what's the hit tool going to land at? And is he going to be able to chip in any sort of like speed? And last year, stealing 20 bases indicates to me that there is some level of speed in his game because, you know, we're playing the same rules now with the minor leaguers did last year. So I do think he'll he'll get you double-digit steals once he's a regular. So really, to me, the, the only concern is where's his batting average going to fall. I do think this guy ends up being one of the Mets players down the road and and being helpful in fantasy. I, I'm just still – there's obviously, you could probably tell from how I'm saying this. I'm, I'm still skeptical. I've always liked him, but I wanted him to show more improvements than he has, quicker than he has. So, like, there's almost a little bit of prospect fatigue with me on him. Mm-hmm. But this is a very promising start, and he is close. He's going to be up by this year or next year. And anytime you have a double-plus raw power guy who's capable of playing shortstop, that needs to be looked at. Yeah, it will be interesting. Do you guys have a feeling where they would plug him in? Obviously, Francisco Lindor is shortstop for the Mets until the end of time with his contract. And and the fact that he still plays the position really well, where do you think they would shift him in left field? Brett Beatty at third? Or they move. I, th- that's the tough. That's another tough part where I don't think they'll push him necessarily until he shows because they are kind of loaded in those positions. I think they'd prefer to have him at third base, but then where do you put Beatty? In left I, I don't. Field. I'm not necessarily. I don't necessarily think of him as an outfielder yet. Maybe he's capable of doing it, but I see him more as a, sh- a big shortstop who's probably best at third base because he's got a plus arm. I'm sure the obviously injuries always happen, so that ends up working itself out a lot. But um, definitely two talented guys. And we will see. I think both of these guys could be up with the Mets before the end of the season, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Next, we'll go and talk about our notable promotions, players that have recently been promoted to the big leagues. And headlining this is Taj Bradley, who just actually had his debut yesterday and his first start, five innings with eight strikeouts, three earned runs, had 19, or I'm sorry, had nine whiffs on his 78 pitches, a 35% CSW. Uh, which is pretty good for your debut. He looked really unhittable early on. I think he had like eight strikeouts in in the first three innings, if I'm not mistaken, and then uh, finished with the eight and five. It was something like that. Um, but Taj Bradley definitely uh, with his fastball and cutter, uh, fastball touching 98 and cutter playing really well as well. Uh, he had that going for him. Francisco Alvarez is getting some at-bats for the Mets. Edward Julian for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, actually just hit a home run in today's game for the uh, Minnesota versus New York. Minnesota's up 9-0 in the first inning. Um, so if you have Johnny Brito on your fantasy team, yikes. Um, but hit, Hitting leadoff, too, if, I, if I'm yep. not mistaken. He, uh, he hit leadoff today, and he's been playing second base in two straight games for them. One of the best – he's an OBP machine. Uh, I had like a 440 OBP last year, something like that. Um, in the minor leagues. Uh, so he is going to be a, 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 they were already kind of grooming him as the Luis Arise uh, replacement at second base uh, for them. So 
he's basically going to be forcing the issue, I think, uh, and, and should be there to stay, I would think. Nolan Jones also for the Rockies and Lennon Sosa for the Chicago White Sox, who also hit a home run, I believe, in his first game. So, guys, a lot of players are getting called up and performing, which is always awesome to see. Hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, to add into that real quick, though, um, with the Taj Bradley call-up, um, today Jeffrey Springs did go down, and we do not know how his injury is. I would target, dynasty-wise, look for uh, look for Mason Montgomery, and then a sneakier name to pick up would be um, uh, Kobe White, right-handed pitcher. Uh, I know the the Rays are really high on Montgomery, but he is in double-A, but I would not be surprised if they call him for a spot start if they need him. And then Kobe White's sitting in AAA, and he's off to the year decent. So just a little stash if you want to get a little quick uh, little quick pickup. Those are two guys to look out for. All right. You heard it there first. Let's talk about some prospect players we're watching in the prospect watch section here. And we're kicking things off with Luis Mieses of the Chicago White Sox, outfielder in AA right now. 18 plate appearances, but he's got two extra base hits, hitting 438. Uh, and a 159 WRC plus Vinny Chicago White Sox, obviously Eloy went down and they have aspirations to contend this year, but this is somebody that you feel needs to be talked about. Yeah, he's very interesting. Uh, the first couple days that double a and below kicked off, I saw a lot of him cause he was playing the uh, Tennessee Smokies, which is the Cubs double a affiliate. This kid, I don't know why he does not get talked about more than, uh, like, I, I hardly see people talk about him. He's probably one of the best leadoff hitters I've seen in a couple years. Like, he controls the zone very well. He's very patient at the plate. Just his whole entire approach is very good. I think the only knock, I think, uh, because we haven't seen the hype around him, is he doesn't have any power. He's kind of like, if I were to compare him, he's kind of like the outfield version of Xavier Edwards. He's very, mm. very fast, and he's very good contact. But he just puts the ball in play, and he's – I just don't know. Like, if we're talking the White Sox situation, too, like I wouldn't be surprised if we see this guy up at some point this year because he spent most of the year uh, last year in high A, uh, and then he made the jump – late last year to Birmingham and was very successful there too. And he's just continuing off of his success last year in the beginning of the season. I wouldn't be surprised if we see him in AAA in a couple weeks here by probably, you know, May 1st, May 2nd. But with all these injuries that the Sox are coming down with, I would not be surprised if we saw Mesa's up, you know, maybe mid-June as a, probably their leadoff hitter. Like, he's one of those weird – kind of like a Stephen Kwan, like he just mm -hmm. barrels up baseballs. He just has no power and he, he could play outfield. He's even had a couple runs at first base, but like the bat in this one is special just contact wise, but yeah, he's a name to really keep an eye on. All right. That's Luis Mieses of the Chicago White Sox. Our next player, Gabriel Gonzalez of the Seattle Mariners of Mike's Seattle Mariners. Right now he's in low A but he's got a 450 batting average through 26 plate appearances. He's also got two ribbies, a 19.2% walk rate, so very good in that department here. Uh, obviously, the Mariners are has become one of the best systems in all of baseball, and this is somebody that maybe not this season um, is going to be at the big leagues, but it looks like somebody that Mike is intrigued for uh, only 19 years of age here. 
Yeah, I mean, with these last three players, I definitely stuck to the lower levels. I'm kind of looking mm-hmm. for guys to keep your eye on. And, you know, deep dynasty people and people who are into this, they know Gabriel Gonzalez already. We've talked about him on the show as well. I just really like this kid, and it's just promising to me that he's off to such a torrid start. I mean, the stats don't jump off the page. He doesn't have any fantasy-relevant, like, home runs and steals, but and his power is even down. But just the the slash line in, in a small sample size, I think he's – he played last year as an 18 year old in, in low A as well. So I think he's going to tear through low A and be a quick call up. So he'll be in high A as a 19 year old. And that will kind of give us a better indication of where he's at, but just the path that he's on following the Mariners for a while. There's, there's a lot to like here. He's, he's basically on the same track that you would have a Julio Rodriguez on. He could be a 20 year old in double A and he's been called Julio Rodriguez light before, you know, I don't like to put that sort of pressure on a, on a player Mm-hmm. But this is the same sort of profile, you know, where he's got some underrated speed and some big raw power and the hit tool is people are kind of torn on it, but it, it's good. Like basically I'm looking at a four category monster if he uh, figures everything out and becomes the player that he's supposed to be. He's just really young still and in the lower levels. But uh, basically I've already seen this guy on top hundred list. He gets drafted high and he's one of the best teenagers and I'm just, I just seen how this plays out over the years. I'm willing to pay up for this guy in trades right now and just hold him on my team until all the magical things start happening. And, and I've just never heard anything negative about this kid. It's, it's been all positive, always young for the level, always productive. So uh, this is, this is a, this guy's got a big future. And that guy is Gabriel Gonzalez of the Seattle Mariners. Make sure you keep an eye on him in your dynasty leagues. He is somebody that Mike is putting a stamp on right now early. And again, at low A ball, um, this is the time, the type of time you can um, try to get on these guys early before the rest of uh, everybody else is caught up with them. So keep an eye on him. Our next player here, if the time blo- didn't block out his first name, I could read his first name, but it's Mr. Alexander. Shortstop for the Arizona Diamondbacks, Vinny, 23 years of age at Triple A. So he could be somebody that maybe we see this season hitting 435, 25% walk rate at 227 WRC plus. Talk to us. Yeah, Blaze Alexander. I saw him when he first started his career when uh, he was at Low A Kane County. Let me tell you, I was watching a few of his at bats this, uh, this weekend slash earlier this week. The, the amount of improvement that I have seen him made over his jump through the minor leagues, just straight plate discipline and plate approach wise is very, you know, very mind boggling. Like it's crazy. Like I remember this kid, you know, very aggressive at the plate, just always swinging for the fences and stuff like this. Now he, he bats like a, a professional hitter. Um, I was talking, someone had questions about him earlier uh, on uh, Twitter and I was telling him like, his whole situation right now with the Arizona Diamondbacks reminds me a lot of what happened with the Colorado Rockies and Trevor Story. Like he's almost kind of like an organizational debt piece with ups- with upside that's totally blocked. Mm-hmm. But like one injury could absolutely unlock the floodgates and he could succeed and be, you know, their everyday shortstop, third baseman, second baseman. Like he's defensively sound enough. He could play any of them. His arm is absolutely spectacular. Um, like the bat, the bat is unreal right now. He's absolutely hot. He finished last year very hot too. He had 300 average his whole entire season at AAA. Repeats the year because he's blocked with you know Perdomo 
and you know all those guys having very good early success in the majors. But yeah, if he gets a chance, this he's someone to watch out for. I would recommend like stashing him right now for fantasy, just absolutely precautionary for an injury, because mm-hmm. he has the he has the hit tool to absolutely just show out if he comes up. That'd be interesting to see Blaze Alexander. Part of the a big crop of prospects for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now Jordan Lawler also plays shortstop, and I believe is he at Double A right now. Yes, he's a double-A Amarillo. So is who do you think is more likely to shift positions between these two guys? It, Bla- yeah, I think Blaze, he can move anywhere in the infield, to be honest. Like, he's a Swiss Army knife when it comes to defensional, defense, defensive positional, like, terms. Mm-hmm. Like, he probably fits better at third base with his arm, but I doubt – they run them at third base unless uh, Rojas gets hurt. Like and they have Evan Longoria there too. Longoria, so. my bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I if he plays good enough, we could see him up next year as the starting third baseman. I'll put it that that way. Okay, it's interesting because I, I, obviously two great shortstop prospects. One's going to have to move around, so it sounds like Blaze Alexander would be the future third baseman. Jordan Lawler would be the future shortstop. And then your outfield. <laughs> oh my god, man! This okay. this team is going to be absolutely loaded with the outfield they have coming too. So yeah, I will um, say it's a little early, but you know, uh, Drew Jones is not having a hot start to the year. So we might, he might be a little longer of a, of a wait than mm -hmm. people think. Are we, I know this is completely irrelevant. Are we out on Alec Thomas or is it too early to, to to say, because he has been dreadful. I think it's too early. Just uh, we've seen what he's done through multiple years in the minors. And, you know, it is a lot of pressure, you know, coming into a year and being like, hey, you and Corbin Carroll have to, like, carry this team to, you know, greatness. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him optioned to AAA for a little bit of time just to get back in the rhythm. But mm-hmm. if we saw it, we saw what he did at the World Baseball Classic, I think it's just a slow start. OK, so if you have Alec Thomas, there is hope. Next player, Leonardo Balcazar for the Cincinnati Reds right now in low A, 18 years of age, a 294 batting average in 25 plate appearance. He's got a homer and two steals, 32% walk rate here, Mike. The Cincinnati Reds have a lot of infield prospects here. Um, we talked about them actually a lot before the show. This is another one here, really down in, in low A. What do you like about him? Yeah, well, Balcazar is someone I've been paying attention to since his Dominican Summer League days, another international guy, and he's always been productive in the minor leagues. At each level, you know, he had a 135 WRC plus in the DSL, 144 in the Complex League. He's off to a 212 start this year, you know, and he's shown the ability to do some level of speed. He does strike out a bit, but it's, you know, he also takes walks. I just like this overall situation, you know, because I feel like in a different organization, like you said, they're so stacked in the middle infield and he's down in low A. I've said this many times on the show, but 18 year olds who are in low A and being productive have high upside. This guy doesn't, mm. he's not a huge guy. He's like a 5'10, 160. He's listed. He's probably a little bigger than that now, but, you know, he might end up at second base or something. But I, I just see some fantasy appeal here. And I think it's going to kind of jump on people when they when if they're not paying attention to this because 
you know, if, if I was just didn't know anything about the situation and just opened this up and looked at this player, I would think he's someone that would have been talked about and been ranked pretty high on, on lists. Like people would see the potential here. And it, it, I just haven't heard enough about him. He, you know, Carlos Jorge and other guys, Edwin Arroyo, and this guy could end up surpassing all of them. So I, you know, this is just someone to keep an eye on. I would target him right now, just while it's really early in the, in the game, because if he gets more speed or develops more power, like I can't find scouting grades on him, but I'm seeing a guy who could be above average across the board, which if you have an above average guy in power speed and hit tool at second base shortstop, I, you know, historically that just, that's going to have value. So target him now. Uh, this is a guy to keep an eye on. Yeah. To uh, add one thing really quickly, uh, uh, Belzacar going into the year, I uh, he's one of my sleepers that I, I put on my little uh, write-up. Um, watching him right now reminds me of a very young Xander, uh, Xander Bogarts. Like, mm-hmm. he's he's definitely a guy to watch. Uh, just uh, contact-wise, if the power really starts showing out, uh, he's definitely going to be high up in that organization. I currently have him over Carlos Jorge. That's how much I like him. All right. That's Leonardo Balcazar, keep that in mind. Spencer Jones of the New York Yankees right now in high A, hitting 500. He's got three home runs on the, the young season and 18 plate appearances. I don't think a Yankees prospect you hear too much about unless you're, you're deep into the prospects. There's a lot of guys, you know, uh, Jason Dominguez. I think even the casual ones know who he is. Uh, but so this one's a little bit deeper here, Vinny, with Spencer Jones. What can we expect from him this season and going forward? Yeah, uh, scoot over, Jason Dominguez. Spencer Jones is coming up. Like, <laughs> if we're taught, I still, right now, to this day of recording, I don't understand how he fell to 25th overall in the draft. Like, scouting, we need people need to work on their scouting. Like, he showed all the tools at Vanderbilt. This is the one of the rare Vanderbilt guys I will actually support and be behind because I'm anti-Vanderbilt. But what he's done so far, he is 21 at high A, which, you know, okay, he could be you know, a little older than you would like, but still, you don't see this kind of production early from just, you know, a solid prospect. Like, he is absolutely killing the baseball. Uh, a few days ago, he had two home runs in one game, but we're talking about a big 6'6 left fielder, right field, corner outfielder with double plus power, maybe above average contact. He just needs to work a little bit on his uh, plate approach and just absolutely stop being a little aggressive. And like we're talking about, he could easily be a top 50 prospect by the end of this year, if not by the all-star break. Like he's very toolsy. He's a, a Yankees prospect, which will boost his, his hype. Like I'm trying to acquire Spencer Jones right now in dynasty while mm-hmm. I have a chance. Cause I feel like he's going to be untouchable by July. Uh, by July. So you yeah. think this year, okay, Spencer Jones, this is your last chance to get him while he's still cheap. Um, what is his ceiling to you, Vinny? Like what would his numbers look like if he hits everything perfectly? Uh, probably 265, two, 280 hitter, double, easily over 20 homers. Not going to be a speedster, but yeah, you're looking at easily decent average, big power upside, especially at Yankee Stadium. All right. Last player for the night, Cole Young of the Seattle Mariners, shortstop, 19 years of age in low A, in 26 plate appearances so far this season. 
He's hitting 450 with four RBIs and two steals, a 23.1% walk rate and a 200 ISO. Mike, again, doubling two uh, two Mets and two Mariners tonight. So you definitely had the, the uh, areas you were looking. Talk to us about Cole Young and what we can expect from him. Well, yeah, that was just a coincidence. You know, I just kind of looked at my usual way. But uh, Cole Young, this is another one of Vinny's guys. He's kind of mentioned him early during the draft process. I think Vinny even drafted him in our first year player draft mock. Uh, relatively early so uh, shout out to Vinny for that and I mean looking at his profile you know I think you can definitely say he's got a plus hit tool the the questions for him is how much power and how much speed is going to come out of this out of his game that's what the people who are questioning what his ceiling is is about and right now you know I think it's too early to even focus a lot on that but I I just really love the Mariners organization their development Cole Young was a first-round pick, despite being a relatively uh, relatively smaller guy compared to some guys. So, I just I, is a ton to like here. I, once again, I'm I'm kind of with people who I don't see the the huge monstrous fantasy upside. I don't think this guy's ever going to be a 30 home run guy or 20 steal guy or anything. Mm-hmm. But the hit tool is going to carry him. I think he's going to get into some level of power that's useful, and I think he'll chip in speed and. Because of his hit tool, I think he's always going to be viewed as a pretty good prospect. Even you know, even if he doesn't put up these monstrous numbers, he's just people are just going to look at his strikeout rate and his walk rate and all that sort of stuff. I think he's going to be productive despite not having a huge fantasy appeal. So this is just a guy I wanted to mention early. Uh, you know, people probably drafted him in first year player drafts, but as he gets closer to the upper levels, you know, pay attention to this guy and you know, kind of target him because I, I definitely think he's going to be a good pro. That is Cole Young of the Seattle Mariners. And that's going to wrap us up for the first episode of the season here for the call-up. If you guys are enjoying the content, please make sure you're subscribed to the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube channel where you won't miss every time this drops every single week. Make sure you guys are following these two prospect minds on Twitter at MPRichards1981 and at DownOnTheFarm8 on Twitter. You can also check out Vinny's Discord, where he talks minor league ball all the time, pinned in his Twitter profile. And if you guys are listening on the podcast feed, you guys, uh, any five-star ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. And you can expect one of these in your feed every single week going forward. So for Vinny, for Mike, I'm David. We'll catch you guys on the next episode of The Call-Up.